0: Breaking news at the CBS Sports HQ. Lakers forward LeBron James likely to miss multiple weeks due to a right foot injury. This confirmed by our Bill Ryder. The 20 20- Hart. Corner three. Puts it in. Josh Hart from downtown. And the next backup by. They've obviously made additions with a player like Josh Hart. And the next keep on rolling. Back to Grant. Table spread out on the sideline to get the rock high dribble into the lane running right-hander up and in Damian Lillard with that runner 71 points a career high what's good everybody welcome back to the all things basketball podcast I'm your host Fake Lopez as always a lot to get into today we got some LeBron news some New York Knicks action the Boston Celtics but more importantly uh, regarding the New York Knicks and the recent trade with Josh Hart Hawks acquire Quinn Snyder as their new head coach Damian Lillard goes off for 71 points Milwaukee Bucks officially number one in the Eastern Conference as of today with a 14 game win streak this team is rolling right on time I want to start with the LeBron James news and this one is just awful you know, uh, I wanted to wait until I could really get an idea of a timetable, and so it looks like we finally did. So this is really this injury with LeBron is a true—it's a true test of the Lakers roster, right? And in my opinion, it's one last test to see what Anthony Davis does with a pretty long stretch being the guy with no help from LeBron, right? Like this is going to be completely the Anthony Davis show and the rest of the team of course Uh, but if Anthony Davis gets hurt again or underperforms throughout this time I think the Lakers move on from him next season unless of course they really do something crazy once these guys come off the books this season and the big cap space is actually used to build a great team, right? That's always possible. A lot of guys come off the books this season, which is going to create a ton of cap space for the Lakers. And, you know, you, you, you were already a lot of the if you're really into the, the Laker fandom or, you know, you're, you're kind of in tune with the NBA, you know that the Lakers are going to have cap space next season or at least they should assuming they, you know, they kind of let a lot of these guys just walk. Right. So, uh, you know, that's something to be hopeful for if you're a Laker fan. And, you know, I just want to say this to, you know, a lot of guys on this team are about to have to prove themselves for real in terms of, you know, they've obviously shown up with this recent stretch of games for the Lakers. But this is a big, a big moment for these guys to show, you know, what they were brought here to do. Right. Like, are they going to? can they hold the fort while LeBron's out, right? That's going to be everything because it's really going to determine whether LeBron comes back right away or if he's just going to take his time with this injury because if the Lakers are rolling, I think LeBron would come back much sooner than the expected timetable. And I say that because I think that it would show that this team is picking up steam and lebron being added to the mix only only continues to push them forward so um you know him being out for two to three weeks i decided to go ahead and check out you know the next week the next two weeks of games to get a certain list of games he'll be out for right to be sure of the games he'll be out for so i'm gonna read out these next couple of games well these next few games so they're gonna play memphis then they got okc then the timberwolves the warriors the grizzlies Toronto Raptors New York Knicks the New Orleans Pelicans Houston Rockets and the Dallas Mavericks right that's assuming that he comes back in about two weeks right I did obviously best case scenario in that sense so I gave it I think that's 10 games one two three four five six seven eight nine ten yeah so 10 games um, which is a lot. You know, especially since the race is so tight in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, Um, you know. But this is going to be tough because, like I said on the last episode, at this point in the season, guys aren't going to miss a ton of games for rest. Uh, Teams are going to be playing in overdrive. A lot of teams are pushing, obviously, to either keep their spot or, or get to the playoffs, right? So, this is a tough stretch in the season. Losing LeBron right now is really, it's just awful timing. Um, It's just unlucky, you know. Um, I would have said that this would have been obviously something that could have happened and been fine if the Lakers didn't start off the season so poorly, which is something that I that i constantly would say on this on this podcast i would always say that from the beginning of the season is you know you can't afford to snowball and lose games early because then later on in the season when all the teams have their chemistry and guys want to pick up the pace and and teams are just playing much better guys are in the lineups compared to early on in the season it's much harder to win games at this stage in the season than early on and here the lakers find themselves right now without lebron and trying to get into the playoff You know, the play-in game hunt, hopefully the playoff hunt, uh, if they can avoid the play-in game. Now, I think if you ask me, I would say this is probably going to solidify the chances for play-in versus playoffs, right? Uh, It was already kind of hard to assume they would make the playoffs without having to do the play-in. But now it's looking like, you know, without LeBron... Uh, the play-in game looks like the most likely thing that could happen, right? Best case scenario for these guys, Um, you know, and I think it's just, like I said, it's just bad timing. Uh, I do want to move on. Obviously, you know, that injury with LeBron is just horrible news. It's it's a sign of, obviously, father time. You know, this is the most we've ever seen LeBron get injured throughout his entire career. Um, so it's safe to say, you know, guy's just getting old, you know. And as great as he's been, obviously, the body catches up with you. And this is what we start to see, you know, little little injuries here and there, major injuries here and there, you know, and, and guys start to, you know, break down, right? It's just normal. He has gone on farther than a lot of, than any other player in NBA history in terms of production at his age. So, you know, definitely still want to give props to LeBron for, for just withstanding such a long career. Um, I want to move on to a little I told you so with the New York Knicks, right? So as of right now, they're on a six-game win streak after beating the Celtics. And this streak started since acquiring Josh Hart, right? Now, this isn't about the game between the Celtics or the, and the Knicks. This is just about the acquisition, right? So I told you guys that Uh, This was one of the least talked about trades at the trade deadline. I said that when this trade went down and, you know, one that I said was a big pickup for the Knicks. And I did say if you're a New York Knicks fan, you should be really hyped, really happy about this uh, about this trade. Um, You know, I said he'd be an instant contributor, whether on or off the bench. Uh, I'd say I said he'd be a valuable player that fits Tom Thibodeau's tough two way style. Right. Uh, He's a no nonsense player. He's going to fight for 50, 50 balls. He's going to knock down shots. He's going to put the ball on the floor and attack the basket. He's just not a guy that stands around, right? He finds something to do, right? He is always looking to do something productive and that's extremely valuable uh, especially if you can get a guy like that in the middle of the season via trade. So, uh, so far, so good for the Knicks, right? It's not much of a surprise to me, although it does seem to be for a lot of people, which is kind of strange. It's like, I get that you guys probably don't watch Portland Trailblazers games, but Josh Hart's been around the block now at this point in his career. And you can pretty much, you, you know what he's about, right? If you really watch NBA basketball, you, you know what Josh Hart's about, right? So this is a guy that's, it's a no brainer how he would fit on this team. It just is. It's just he's just one of those guys that fits the system. He's going to fit any team you put him on, you know, whether they're spacing or not. He will find a way to make it work. That's what I like the most about Josh Hart. Honestly, he would have been great on the Lakers again. Right. Like just if they had kept him or whatever um, or, you know, if they could have acquired him somehow again, you know, he would have been pretty solid for the Lakers. So I want to move on. Um, you know, I did see. The Atlanta Hawks obviously acquired Quinn Snyder. I'm not going to dive too deep into this, but I am going to say Quinn Snyder. For some of you guys that don't know, he is. If anyone's going to solve the Hawks' problems, right? And I did. Uh, I did put a little comment out there on on one of those highlight pages, but um, you know, Quinn Snyder. If anyone is going to solve the Hawks problems, like I said, it's going to be a guy that solely focuses on the X's and O's, right? It's not going to be some gimmicky coach, someone that comes in and just implements some random stuff. This is one of the deepest X's and O's guys in the league. Okay, and it's pretty well known around the NBA that Quinn Snyder has one of the biggest playbooks in the league uh, in terms of active coaches. And that's something that a lot of players have said. It's something that a lot of fellow coaches have said that this is just a guy that's just all about the X's and O's, right? Has a ton of plays. Now, here's the problem, right? There's like only 20 something games left in this season for the Atlanta Hawks. So is it realistic to assume he's going to just drop a bunch of plays on this team? I don't know. You know, that would really depend on the intelligence level of the players, how fast they can adapt. And maybe Quinn Snyder doesn't want to complicate things in the middle of a season, right? Because it could also kind of derail the team even further, right? Because you know, now they'd get a little wacky, you know, learning new sets, learning new things. But Quinn Snyder, for sure, in the long term, this is a guy, to me, I wanted the Lakers to make this hire strictly because he is just a basketball purist, right? Like, you can get an X's and O's guy, like a pure, not some, oh, I'm I'm a player management guy, you know, this and that, because that's really Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham isn't really a master of, of playbooks, right? Like, think we can really agree to that right like he's a player management guy he's a tough personality he's a no-nonsense guy and that all that stuff's valuable but at the end of the day you need the best of both worlds right you need player management but you need x's and o's right like you need the deep understanding of x's and o's and i'm not saying darvin ham doesn't know x's and o's i mean if you're an nba coach you gotta know some x's and o's right like you you have to probably you definitely have to have some knowledge in that sense but quinn snyder is no exception to this, right? Like this is a guy, he's going to come in, hopefully restructure the way this offense plays. I can definitely see, hopefully the ball coming out of Trey Young's hands, even out of DeJounte Murray's hands, right? Like just a little more uh, spread out, uh, you know, sharing the ball, right? Because you just see it's, it's either DeJounte Murray's turn or it's, or it's Trey Young's turn, right? With the pick and roll spamming. There's nothing wrong with running pick and roll, right? It's, it's, Obviously, one of the most used actions in the NBA, but if you're spamming that with two different guards... You do risk some stagnation, right, around the rest of the team, right? Guys just standing in the corners, guys don't know if they're going to get the ball, you know, just a lot of stagnating, and and then that also affects the defense on the other side because when guys don't get the ball for long periods of time or or, or, or multiple possessions, they're not going to give their all defensively. That's just something that we know, right? It happens, uh, you know, everyone's human, right? So guys have feelings, right? They want the ball, this and that, whatever it is. But this is a guy that I think. Never- Next season can really make a change on this team. Now, do I think it's going to be a massive difference this season? Probably not because like I said, there's not a lot of games left and I don't see him really like just completely changing everything from one night to the next or maybe he does and the team buys in and he's just great at explaining everything and and the team is good at receiving and adapting quickly and then they just execute perfectly, right? Um, I will say this best case scenario uh, next season Um, If they do accept everything and, you know, the team kind of stays together or they make the moves they have to move, but they do keep like the Trey Young and DeJounte Murray dynamic, I think Quinn Snyder can figure it out and make this team like a top five playoff team, Uh, which is something to definitely be proud of, especially when you have Milwaukee, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Cavs, um, you know, and the Miami Heat always lurking around, you know, definitely something to be proud of if you're if you're top five in the Eastern Conference. But, yeah, you know, that's just how I feel. I think it's a great hire. I think uh, the Hawks couldn't have found someone better right now. You know, you always hear Mark Jackson. You always hear, you know, about, about why hasn't Mark Jackson had a job? Guys, he was just, I mean, you can go read. The articles about the things he was doing—it was like it was some toxic environment uh, information that was leaked from what he would do with the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I'm not even talking about the preaching on the streets and like just the, the kind of the wacky stuff that he was doing out there. Um, he was a solid coach, right? No nonsense guy. He's an old school guy. He knows the game. He knows the X's and O's. But the infighting in the locker room, like the tension that I read about that he would create with the Warriors, uh, there's a lot of stories out there. I I highly recommend you guys Google some stuff. Uh, There's a lot of stuff out there about the things he would do to kind of ignite the team for better or worse. And I just didn't like the things that I read. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, But, you know, on the side here, uh, Damian Lillard, right, drops 71. Everyone knows about this by now, right? It was an awful Rockets team but you still have to be super efficient. And it was in regulation, right? So no overtime even needed. And it looks easy, right? As Dame usually does. That's one thing that I will say about Dame and Steph Curry, right? These guys are constantly being debated as like the best guard in the NBA right some people say jaw some but some people say dame some people say steph uh some people still hang on to the kyrie is the best guard in the nba and things like that but one thing i do see in common with dame and steph other than the fact that these guys love deep range shooting is just how easy it looks when these two guys are shooting from deep right it just it just doesn't look like like it's not their shooting form right like they look like they're shooting a free throw when they're shooting a three from super deep, right? When they're shooting from deep range, it doesn't look like they're even forcing the shot, right? It ju- it just looks so smooth. It looks chill. It doesn't look forced. It doesn't look like they're expending a ton of energy letting that shot off. That you know, that's something super impressive that I've noticed about those two guys. Um, you know, to me, it speaks to how difficult the eighty-one point Kobe record is, right? Let alone the hundred point will Chamberlain game, right? Like, like that one kind of, you know, yes, they, they, they do bring it up, but it's like, they constantly compare it to the Kobe 81. And just to think about it, right? Like Kobe also did it in regulation, right? He didn't need OT to do it. Uh, but when you look at a modern NBA, right? Where, where we're at right now, right? With the, with the number of threes that are attempted at insane rates and the times of possessions being shorter than ever, right? Because obviously the pace is just way up. And the fact that nobody has passed Kobe's 81, I don't know how long it's going to be to beat Wilt's 100, but I would think it's more possible now than ever, you know, with the, with the possessions, with the pace of the game, with the, with the volume shooting, it's definitely uh, achievable. I mean, we've had, a, we've had a couple of guys now with 71-point games. So, uh, obviously, Devin Booker, you know, Dame now, uh, Donovan Mitchell. So, you know, you're, you're kind of looking like, okay, this, this record of Kobe's is probably not going to hold for much longer. Um, maybe, like, next season it gets broken. Maybe even this season. Who knows? Uh, but I will say this, you know, the fact that Kobe has held his 81-point record for as long as he has uh, is pretty incredible to me. You know, especially like all the things I said about the NBA nowadays. And um, also to think about, you know, Wilt's 100, (laughs) you know, uh, to think about like even if you do get Kobe's 81, like you still need another 20 to surpass Wilt. Right. So, you know, just pretty crazy stuff uh, to think about. You know, Uh, I did talk about earlier. I kind of brought it up, you know, the 14 game win streak for the Milwaukee Bucks. They take the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and just rolling out at the perfect time right just rolling at the perfect time they are going in the right direction you when you watch a championship run you typically see it starting hot in the second half of the season right like the team just picks up steam the team just gets off to to just a great start of the second half and it just trickles down to the playoff run Right. You, you, you do see that often. Um, so this is a this is a great sign for the Bucks, especially since, you know, the Chris Middleton thing was confusing. I still don't know what's going on with Chris Middleton. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be his old self. Uh, he's been better, you know, but I haven't really seen, you know, Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton. Right. The, the one that we know. Right. The guy that's going to really be a game changer. Haven't really seen him yet. Hopefully, maybe you know with these reps before the playoffs. By the time the playoffs come around, we 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 get to see the good old Chris Middleton. Um, but the Bucks are soaring right now, so definitely should be happy about that. I have the Bucks obviously winning it all. That that's just you know that I I I've, I've stuck to that since the beginning of the season. Um, I will say, uh, I think I've said this before on the pod. I think it's either the Celtics or the Bucks, you know, and I know the Suns have KD now, which, by the way, KD officially, uh, according to, you know, Bleacher Report and all the other places, uh, they say that it's been announced that KD will make his debut tomorrow for the Suns. So that should be awesome. It is going to be against the Hornets. So, you know, kind of lame to watch them just beat down on the Charlotte Hornets, especially after uh, LaMelo Ball injures his ankle again. Right. Like shout out to the Pumas or whatever. I don't know what's going on. Right. Is it the shoes? Is it his ankles? I don't know what's going on. Right. Even even Lonzo Ball. Right. who Who's just out for the season. No one knows what's happening with him either. Just a bad, you know, just some bad luck for those two guys, um, especially uh, Lonzo. But obviously, you know, LaMelo, too, just can't get away from injuring his ankles you know and that's something that it's haunted a ton of guards and the one that i remember the most injuring his ankle was darren williams uh from the utah jazz obviously he also played for the Cavs. he also played for the dallas mavericks you know darren williams really was he was like a 20 and 10 at, for a short point in his career, you know, 20 points, 10 assists, he was a solid guard, could score at will, he made great passes, he had great handles, he had a lot of ankle breakers, and he also broke his own ankles, um, you know, he just had glass ankles and very similar to Darren Williams in that sense, just a guy that could not stay away from ankle injuries and I feel like I kind of deviated from the topic here with the Milwaukee Bucks but yeah you know I I, even with the Suns having KD and all that you know there's injury questions with them there's obviously the health questions um, you know obviously the chemistry right can they get those reps Uh, in meaningful time so that they can actually get all the way to the finals, you know, we'll see, right? Like, that's something that I question. Obviously, I think at full strength, the Suns are the most dangerous team in the Western Conference. And if they do get to the finals, hard to imagine uh, Chris Paul blowing another finals, right? Especially with KD now uh, at the helm in terms of being the best player on the team. You have devin booker next to you and then all you have to do really is set the table and just make sure you're healthy for these games make the right passes which we know chris paul can do obviously hit shots which we also know chris paul can do um you know chris paul just now has the firepower you know you still have the andre and you have Tori craig uh you know it's just you know Koji they have a lot of pieces you know so it's all going to be about health and consistency chemistry everything has to kind of fall in place for this team to to really get all the way through, um, but even then, I still think you know it would be a very hard series. I think the Celtics would put up a better fight than the Milwaukee Bucks, and I say that because I just feel like the Celtics show up more when it comes to catch and shoot threes from an overall team perspective, I just, so I just have a hard time trusting the Milwaukee Bucks role players to show up sometimes. You know, it's so often the team is cold, right? So often Giannis attacks the basket, kicks it out to a wide open shooter, and they brick, you know? Uh, the games they win are obviously the ones where, where not only Giannis pops off, which he basically pops off every night, but the shooter's right? The shooters just don't show up so often. And as streaky as they can be, that can be their downfall, you know, because then, as I've always said, the floor shrinks. It's easier to guard Giannis because you can kind of cheat off of those guys that aren't hitting shots. And that's how you kind of beat the Bucks. But the Celtics, they have two guys that can create shots for themselves. They can attack the basket. They can shoot threes. They have three point shooting all around them. They have to the defense all around them. That's something the Bucks. Yes, they have defense, right? Like Brooke Lopez, good shot blocker. Uh, Chris Middleton's a, a good defender. Drew Holiday, obviously a really good defender. Um, you know, you obviously have Giannis, but you know, the Celtics, it's it's a it's a really mobile and connected group defensively as well, right? Like, like, you know, the Bucks have guys like Grayson Allen, you know, or 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 Javon Carter, right? Like guys that get blown by at will. Celtics don't really have a lot of guys that get blown by. You know, I would say that they are very solid defensively, uh, very impressive team on defense. So that's what I would say about the Celtics. So that's why I would think just firepower wise, consistency wise, like just the three point shooting and the defense and just, you know, the star power obviously is there. I would say that, yes, the Celtics would probably put up a better fight than the Bucks because if it gets to a shootout and you put pressure on those role players to knock down shots for the Bucks in a finals, I don't know. You know, I don't know. It could get ugly, right? It could get ugly. So that's that's the part that I'm worried about the most um, for the Milwaukee Bucks. But I feel like I kind of deviated a little bit. Um, you know, this was kind of an episode, not really breaking down games. I just kind of wanted to go around uh, and just kind of give my thoughts on some things I've seen. I'm going to do some game breakdowns on the next podcast episode. I haven't done many of those. And I don't want to steer away from that because that was really something that I loved doing watch a couple of games, take some notes, and then do a pod on what I see, right? So I don't want to deviate from that. I don't want this to be some like only news NBA podcast, right? I know it's the all things basketball podcast, but I do want to dive into the details, right? The thing that I feel like would separate me from a lot of different pods out there, right? A lot of people just read the headlines and give their thoughts. So I don't want this to be like that, you know, so I'm going to mix it in. Obviously, I'm going to next pod will definitely be breakdowns of some games the kobe video has been delayed due to some just activity uh uh, just life activity just kind of taking breaks honestly i'm not even gonna uh make an excuse i'm not gonna say i was too busy or anything like that it's really a combination of of other things taking up my time and i and i was trying to take a little break um you know just remember i i do everything You know, like I said, recording, writing, research, watching the games, interviewing people, going to games in person uh, for the travel basketball team from time to time. So a lot of things that take up the time. And, you know, I just needed a mental break. To be honest, I'm going to be working on the Kobe video tonight. Hopefully have it out within the next couple of days. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always. And I'll catch you guys on the next one.